Today's episode of Speak LA, the podcast is sponsored by Actors Connection. But before we begin, one of the things we most often hear from our listeners is how hard it is to find an agent. If this is something that you are struggling with, go to ispeakla.com and download our free agent guide today. There's absolutely no shame in not having an agent, but we really want to help you get one. So go to ispeakla.com and grab your free agent guide now. Hey Jen, how's How it going? You? I'm good. It's good, good. to see you. It's good to see you too. I am excited about today. About Ioni. I know me too. <laughs> I need a little uh, you know, uplifting content in my life. <laughs> me right? as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's that's one of besides being an actress, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, Ioni has created this incredible resource called Uplifting Content, which regularly fills me up with um, good feeling, which is what I need right now. And I just actually finished her book, Uplifting Stories, um, which is just incredible. And, um, uh, you know, just gave me a whole new sort of perspective and, um, and tools to use to, to really, um, I don't know, move through life in a more positive uplifting. Well, I'm just going to keep saying uplifting over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it, it's such a great word and it really, that's how you feel. You feel yeah. uplifted. Your, your heart uplifted. feels like it, it just yeah. gets like a little warm, uh, tea cozy around it. Yeah. 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 Of protection exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> to excited. go into the world. <laughs> Me too. I can't wait to talk to her today. <laughs> Me too. Hey, while we wait for her, Tell me something about you, Cam Cam. Tell me, tell me, tell me something about LA that's special to you. Okay. Well, mm. I, I did actually recently have an LA thought that I was, I was thinking about. Well, I was just thinking about how it's so interesting when you meet somebody in LA that's actually from LA. Mm-hmm. And it's rare. Which is such, right? But it's, it's yeah. kind of a strange thing to say because, because, Obviously, there's a lot of people that are born in LA. I mean, <laughs> right, your kids, right. for example, right. are LA natives, right? I mean, sure, it's like sure. <laughs> so. It's, but but even so, it's it still feels always like this this beautiful surprise when you meet somebody who's actually grew up here. I always feel so fascinated because there's so many transplants. There's so many people that come from all over the world to LA, and I was thinking. It is a melting pot. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it because I was thinking about how interesting it is that when you come here, the first feeling can be like this feeling of like overwhelm and loneliness. But when you begin to tap into the different communities that exist in LA, like I feel like people come here and they find other things they love to do, like CrossFit or mm-hmm. bar or hiking or mm-hmm. knitting or whatever it is, or joining like a, I don't know, a group that does puzzles, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know, something, mm-hmm. you know, or, or you go to a SAG event and because there's so many people here that are looking to meet new friends and build mm-hmm. new communities. And it's actually like a very easy place to tap into a, a new community and, and, and grow and make new friends. It's so true. And it's, and it's also, um, I feel like we're doing a commercial for LA, but it's, um, (laughs) it's also super inclusive. You know, I've lived in other cities and it, it, it takes longer, but in LA it's like within a month, you know, you can sort of find your circle and, um, 
yeah. and feel very included in it. Yeah, yeah that's a good I one. I like that one. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I think I think everybody just knows what it's like to move to this crazy city. So they're very open, open hearted, um, big arms open. <laughs> mm, I love that. I love it. How old were you when you moved to LA? 26. Did you know anyone here? Yes. Where did you live when you first got to LA? I was house sitting in the Hollywood Hills for about five weeks. What was your first job in LA? A King Batch comedy sketch video. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How many years um, of living in LA did it take you before you got your first job in the industry? Six months. Wow. And uh, how many years did it take you of living in LA before it felt like it was home to you? Uh, Four. Four years. Mm -hmm. And if you had to sum up LA in one word, what would that word be? Sunny. (laughs) (laughs) It is sunny. (laughs) It is sunny. That's a perfect word. Ioni, thank you so much for being here with us today. We're so excited. I am too. Thank you for having me. I was, I was saying it's, uh, it seems like a very good uh, fit. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. yeah and similar missions here. So mm. yeah, thanks for being with us. Um, I, I'd love to start by just asking you, I, I know you're an actor in your own right, and, and we love that, and we're so happy to be talking to an actor today, but We've had a lot of actors on the show, and so what we would really love to talk to you today about is the inspirational work that you do, Mm. um, the motivational and the life-changing work that you do with Uplifting Content. So can you tell us a little about how Uplifting Content started for you? Sure. Um, I think it's important to kind of give a bit of context and go back a little bit. For most of my life, I've had uh, dealt with depression on and off. it was it was really bad when I was a lot younger in my early teens. I didn't quite understand what it was. Um, I was on antidepressants, um, which and I wasn't I didn't like those at all. Um, it was just this ongoing thing where I just get, be in these really dark places. And I'm a go getter. Like I like to make things happen, and it, it, I hated being in that horrible place. And so one thing I would always try to do was to find things that would make me feel better and uplift me. Um, and I was always sort of looking for, I just want to watch something that just helps shift me out of this place. And it was quite difficult to find, you know, things like that, that were just, you know, this is going to make you feel good. And so when I started developing uplifting content, the, the idea of it was basically a platform that you can go to, to feel uplifted, to, uh, get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside, be reminded that there's amazing people doing great things, that we have the power to make a difference and take control over our lives. And just, you know, I talk a bit about my experience with depression to help uh, kind of break the stigma around it and uh, share the my advice and experiences and the things that I do to kind of help get myself out of that. And and sometimes people say, oh, you know, you, you've 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 cured your depression, and I, and I don't think that's an accurate thing to say. It's not like it's just magically disappeared. Um, I, I still kind of go through it, but I've got better. It, it's, it's less severe now and I've got better at identifying when it's happening. And I have all these, uh, things in place. I call it, I go into radical self care mode and, mm-hmm. uh, that helps me through. And so the idea of the platform is just sort of sharing this information and, uh, being a, a positive place on it is positive real estate on social media. Cause it's not always too much of it. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> 
I love that phrase, radical self-care. Mm. Can you can you maybe just give us a, some a of couple those things? of things? Yeah, just yeah. some tools we can use for that. Sure. Well, normally what I find is uh, there's certain things that trigger me, uh, external things happening in the world that make me feel very hopeless and uh, upset. Watching the news particularly uh, puts me in a really dark place. Uh, when I f- I'm worried about future stuff, like career stuff or financial stuff, that kind of sets me off. And so it's uh, being mindful when I kind of start to wake up feeling dread or just this kind of anxious feeling in my chest. Then I'm like, something is not right if I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. You know, so that, that's the first thing, being aware that something is wrong. Sometimes people will feel awful, but not realize that that's what it is. I've got good at identifying that. and then, And then I start doing things like, making sure that I connect with loved ones, like being not isolating myself. That was something I used to do before and be very lonely. Um, Just being around people, sometimes just voicing. I'm feeling really awful right now. Um, And and even sometimes I will just say to a friend, I'm feeling really awful. I'm just going to wallow for a bit. Um, But just saying that so that somebody, you know, just voicing, this is where it is, that helps to kind of alleviate some of it, just, you know, putting it out there. so yeah, connecting with people, not completely shutting myself off, um, being in nature, going for a walk, being outside, disconnecting from all of the technology, turning off the news, um, being mindful of what I'm eating, getting some exercise, doing meditation, yoga, things like that, stuff that helped me uh, kind of detach from the incessant thinking and just kind of be and relax a bit more. Um, what are the other things? Uh, boop, boop, be doo. Oh, a, a big part and a reason for the whole platform too is, you know, there's the saying, you are what you eat. My, my saying is you are what you consume because it's not just what you eat. Everything that we take in has an effect on us. And mm-hmm. so it's, what are you listening to? What are you reading? What products are you putting on your skin? Like that has an impact. What are you, as well as what you're eating. Um, and so I, it's, I, I kind of consume goodness, you know, like that I'll, I'll start reading, I'll start watching videos, I'll start listening to podcasts, um, I'll turn off the news, I'll kind of cut out that stuff that's, that's causing me the stress. And so those are some of the things that I typically do. I, I, I love hearing about everything that you're saying. And it, it's really what I find so interesting about the profession of an actor. I, I remember having this conversation with a friend once where I was like, there couldn't be a more perfect profession to do in order to have to explore radical self-care mm. or or in order because one you have to one because you're you're as an actor the the the, the sheer vulnerability of the profession you know mm. that open-hearted um, quality that you must have as an actor that is that is what makes actors so amazing and beautiful and and just an artist you know mm. just spectacular sort of quality of that open-heartedness. And yet we also have to live in this world where that doesn't always translate. And we have to go into the industry where it doesn't always translate. Um, And I'd, I'd love to hear um, from your perspective, uh, just as you're talking about that radical self-care in terms of that, how an actor, knowing the struggles of an actor, what would you say are some of those, emotional challenges that an actor goes through um, and, and some things that they can can do career-wise that can protect their hearts in the process? Oh, I like that question a lot. Um, beautifully worded. Um, <laughs> I, I think one of the biggest challenges is the uh, the rejection and the uncertainty. Um, 
uh, that's been my biggest struggle. And the way that I have uh, worked on that is by building a life around the my career as an actor so that I feel fulfilled uh, regardless of whether I get an Oscar or I'm the next household name. Um, when I first moved out to LA, it was, it was everything. And I, the more I was not, uh, hitting the big time, it was, it was devastating. And it was really bad with my, my depression was really bad at that time too. Cause I just, I had equated my entire existence to being a successful actor. And when that wasn't happening, I was like, well, you've got nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And then in 2016, I started to kind of expand my horizons. I invested in uh, some property in Joshua Tree and started to have, have a rental property. I um, started uplifting content and started to build that. I started to do uh, a lot of freelance voiceover and, and corporate video production stuff. And so I started to build these things. Um, the, around that time, it was also 2016 that I, I just got a little bit uh, this, uh, I, I, I kind of lost my confidence with acting and I, and I was just a bit over not getting there. And so I took the time off. I traveled, I did all these other things. And then around 2018, there was <laughs> every time I've had a break from acting, there's always been this like, Oh, but you love it though. Like, Oh, but I just <laughs> want to do it so much, you know, cause it's, 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 it's my thing. Like I, I love to do it. And so around 2018, there was that kind of call to get back to it. And I, got a new manager and I started auditioning again, but I was kind of dipping my toe in it a little bit. I like, I wasn't really going all in, in the way I had done previously. And then in 2020, um, I decided to really throw myself at it again. And, and then I started self-submitting and my eight, my manager was, is great and at getting me out there and just, you know, been getting, getting little roles here and there. And, um, it was, it was interesting because now I'm in this place where, it's hard to not get something. And it's frustrating. Like I've done so many tapes in the last few weeks and I'm like, they're good. Like, <laughs> why is this not happening? Uh, you know, and they're like asking questions. Like I get so close to something and then you just don't know what goes on. But the thing that really helps me is that I have all these other exciting things happening in my life so that when I don't get the jo acting job that I just desperately want, I'm like, oh, it's cool because I'm about to buy my first home in New Mexico in a few weeks. So mm. like I have all these other things that make me really um, fulfilled. So I would just say um, uh, I think it's very important to have your financial some financial stability. So however that looks, when people talk about moving to LA, I always say, think about how you're going to support yourself because it would be great if everyone just came here and landed a great job. And then that's how it was, but that's not how it works for everybody. So you need to make sure, because when you are worried about paying the bills, you cannot enjoy anything. And acting is very stressful because you're desperate to get the job. Um, so uh, yeah, kind of work out your finances. Don't live above your means. Um, you know, work on your own projects, especially like if they're acting performance related. So you feel fulfilled, even if you're not being given the job. Um, and that, I think that really helps give like perspective, you know? Yeah. I love, I love those uh, two points that, that you made that I just really took out of everything you said that I think are so great. One is to, you know, whatever you need to do to be financially secure mm. um, and not be, not be um, just, you know, every day worried about how you're going to pay your rent, I think mm. is, is really, really smart. You know, whether that means getting a, 
uh, waiting tables job or a nannying job or, you know, or, or like you said, you know, something a little more, you know, maybe unique investing in um, real estate property, if that's something you, you know, can figure out and have the means to, to do. I, I love those. And I also love the thing about, um, you know, finding another sort of uh, project or think something that you can be invested in that's exciting to you. I think, mm-hmm. I think that those are, those are great ideas. Um, I would love to just talk to you a little about, uh, I mean, we, we've spoken a little bit about LA, um, but I think a lot of people come to LA and, you know, it's this huge, exciting city um, and people are so excited to, to be there. I know I was, um, you know, like you said at the top, it's sunny and um, it's it's massive and the industry is there. Um, and yet a lot of actors uh, talk about feeling really isolated in mm-hmm. LA, you know, despite the fact that there's so many people and despite the fact that there's so much going on. And I remember when I first came, I would, you know, I'd drive around and there's all these huge movie studios but you don't really know how to get inside them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think you're going to come and you can just kind of knock on the door of Warner Brothers, but obviously that's um, not how it works. But, um, and you talked about, you know, the isolation and um, you've touched a little on on kind of how to deal with that. But I'd, I'd love if you'd talk a little more about that. Yeah, 100%. I think it's very important. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to go back to the the work stuff, though, because I think somebody listening might be like, well, I don't have the money to do all those things. And, and I started mm-hmm. literally with $5,000 when I moved to LA. Um, I didn't buy a house in Joshua Tree. I bought land and have developed it. And so that's how I have my rental property. But um, it, it's, it's all about thinking outside of the box. There's a lot of online occupations that you could be doing now. Um, so, you know, waiting tables can pay well when there's things happening, but like it, it, there's a lot that's out there that you can do. Uh, you just have to be creative, ask questions, go for it, try things, get online and, and make it happen. So just wanted to just touch on that. Yeah, um, good. Uh, but yeah, the, the loneliness and the isolation thing is very, uh, it's very prevalent. And I remember one friend of mine, um, when I was considering LA, he had already been out here and he said it can be the, the, like the most fun place or the most lonely place. And mm. so, um, when you'd asked, when did I, when did it feel like home? I said four years. Um, cause it was 2016 when my best, one of my girlfriends from England, one of my best friends moved and it was having a friend who I'd known since I was 16 in LA that really um, made it feel like home because then I, there was always somebody that if I felt low, I could pick up the phone because in the early days, what I love about moving to a new place is it it forces you out of your comfort zone. I call it like a hard reset <laughs> where you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do something big and different now. And, it, and it's good. And it kind of gets all this energy moving and I was meeting people all the time and asking friends of friends to meet me for coffee, but relationships take time to develop, you know, like, yes, it was nice to have this one off coffee, but most weekends I was just sat in my apartment on my own with nothing to do because I didn't really know people. And I, and I was, I was a bit depressed at the time too. So I didn't feel confident just to call up someone and be like, can I hang with you? Um, So that was really hard. But then when Sarah moved out, that really helped. And around 2014, I started going to Burning Man too. And then sort of a couple of years after that, the, the camp that I was with, I started to spend a lot of time with them and connect with them. And they became like my family in a way. Um, and so that really helped like having best friends so that when my, when my girlfriend from London eventually moved back, um, I felt like I had my network. And, you know, one of my early friends out here, Graham, 
um uh, he, yeah I kind of met him and a bunch of other people at the same time maybe he became like a big brother to me and so I would have dinner like you know holiday dinners and Christmas and Thanksgiving with him and his family and so it, now I feel and now I <laughs> I date my neighbor so my <laughs> my neighbor mm-hmm. is my boyfriend and that that's over quarantine that has made me feel very secure um and that's been amazing but uh it, it is really important and I say like it is uh it takes work to nurture relationships. Um, and it really bothers me when people say about LA, oh, people in LA are flaky and blah. I don't associate with flaky people. I don't attract flaky people. I don't allow flaky people to flake on me. <laughs> like if, if that's how someone is, they're just not my friend. Like I attract good, kind, compassionate, lovely people um, who are respectful of their friends. And so, uh, yeah, I, 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 my friends here are just the best. Um, and, it, and it's funny because it's, they're different to my London friends who have known me since I was, I don't know, whatever age, tiny. Um, and these ones are all very new, but it's still, you know, they're still my family here. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, I, I think it's important to, uh, commit to nurturing those relationships and finding your people. I had a similar, ex- I, I had a similar experience when I moved to LA too, in terms of, I remember um, I spent a lot of time watching reality TV, which did not make me feel good, by the way. And I knew it was not making me, and I knew it, I knew it, because I do need to do radical self-care a lot. I call it back to basics. Like, okay, mm-hmm. did you wake up? Did you re- write your gratitude list? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> but I, I remember watching it being like, you shouldn't be doing this right now. But I kept doing it because I was so overwhelmed by the sheer size and the sort of the not knowing of where to be, how to begin and where to begin. But I will say this, the people that I have met in LA are so phenomenal. Mm. And that, that idea of that flakiness, I mean, even the people, I remember working at this Nespresso was one of my first jobs here. Mm. (laughs) And I remember working and people would come in to get their coffees. And a lot of them worked in the industry and then when they found out that I was an actor, they would give me their number and I would reach out to them. They would get back to me within 30, 45 minutes. Right. And then I remember reaching out to people in Seattle where I had come from who were also in the industry of Seattle, you know, in that different kind of that uh, the theater world wouldn't get back to me mm. because it was just not the same. They, I, I realized it's, you know, there's something really beautiful and many people moving to LA to mm. pursue a dream yep. and it is not easy. We know it's not easy. So when you come here and you meet someone else that you connect to people I've found really want to help you. Yes. Cause we're thing. all in the same boat and we've all been yeah. there and we all want to pass that help yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. I don't, not one person I know who has moved to LA has not had to start somewhere mm-hmm. and it is, yeah. and, and has ha- not had, had moments of feeling down or, you know, dealing with that darkness of, and the loneliness of this place. But, mm-hmm. um, I think everyone can relate to that in some way. And, and, and there's a beauty in that, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Also, I love their, I, I love, I love the term hard reset of a mm-hmm. move. I think that's so helpful because, um, you know, they say that moving is the, I think I've read the second most stressful thing in life, second to death, you know, or mm-hmm. losing somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, we have to remind ourselves, you know, moving to a new place is a, is a pretty intense thing to do to yourself. And, um, and yet I love the idea of a hard reset. I, I sometimes, uh, struggle with insomnia and I wake up in the middle of the night mm. and, uh, 
And, and I have found that sometimes it helps me if instead of just lying there, you know, wishing I could fall back asleep, if I, you know, get up, go out into the living room, turn the light on, and I'm like, you know, in that space for 10 minutes, it, it does, it feels like a reset, like you're mm-hmm. saying, <laughs> you know? And so, you know, it's, it's, I think so, so often these things are um, how we talk to ourselves and, yeah. and to, to tell yourself, okay, I'm in the middle of a, of a big reset, you know, when you first come to LA yeah. and it feels overwhelming and scary um, and lonely um, but to say this is a reset, I, I, I really, I really appreciate that, that way of um, framing it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think well, that's really helpful. Well, I, I also think that we're, we're creatures of habit and that we can get very complacent. Mm-hmm. And when we're in this complacent thing, it's, it, you don't push yourself always. You're not really, you know, it's like things are easy. And, and I feel like I'm a little bit in that place now where I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not out there meeting friend new people as much. Obviously there's COVID, so it makes it a little yeah. bit difficult, but um, <laughs> I'm not kind of, I'm not doing that, but I'm, I'm looking to move, but not, I will not be officially moving to New Mexico. I'll be living in LA and New Mexico, but already uh, I've been out there to see the areas and I've been like connecting with friends and friends. And I'm like, already, I feel like it's this, this new hustle energy that's back again. And it, it's mm-hmm. exciting. So yeah, f- framing it in whichever way is good uh, to inspire you to kind of like, you know, push yourself into this new uh, place. And, and I just think change, change is inevitable. You know, you can't just do the same thing forever and not change. You have to to grow and move forward. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I, I welcome that. Mm. It's also a really nice barometer, the way that you're talking about it, of that, of, uh, you know, even as you mentioned it at the beginning, when I wake up in the morning and I start to feel like this heaviness and I'm like, mm. okay, I know what's going on. It's, it's, it's sort of the same thing with, with change. Do you have that spark of joy that it just, just is starting to hit you? Okay, well, if you have a little spark, maybe that's a direction that, that you need to go in. Maybe that's something to explore. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to ask you a question about social media yeah. because you talked about consumption and I love that. Like the idea of what am I consuming in terms of what I'm reading, what I'm listening to? Um, how, how would you, you know, how would you, cause you've, you've built quite a presence on social media, which is incredible. Um, how do you do that in a way that is mindful of the things that can come up when you are looking at social media? So mm-hmm. I can only speak for myself, in this. <laughs> but, but for example, compare and despair mm-hmm. or, you know, just, I find sometimes I go on social media and I literally begin to absorb negativity. So even if someone seems like a positive person, I can almost feel their energy and it, mm-hmm. it, it affects me. So I'd love to hear because you're, you're an entrepreneur, you know, you, you're an actor, you're an entrepreneur. What, how would you say, um, how would you approach, how did you approach uh, building your presence on social media in a way that was cognizant of consumption? Yeah. I think it's, it's a very important topic. Um, and it's kind of twofold. So there's the um, uplifting content social media, which is kind of the main platform that I've built. And uh, I kind of launched that in 2016 when Facebook was very different. Pages got a lot of organic reach. They've sliced a lot of that uh, ability to get organic reach because now they make you pay for it. So it's a lot more difficult for us to grow. Uh, we lost engagement. It was pr- practically nothing for a long time. 
we've managed to get that going again. But at the time, the way that I originally built it is um, I'd started the company with uh, Prince EA, who is this amazing spoken word artist who does very uh, powerful, beautiful videos. And um, I'd work with him on one of his videos. And I just was like, I'm just so you are everything that I want to do. And so we partnered together to kind of launch an early version of uplifting content that was going to be like a production company. And so I made a few videos, but I didn't have the experience, the money or the know-how to do it very well. And he was too busy to, <laughs> to do it. So then um, we kind of went our separate ways and I, I made it more uh, uplifting content as, as this hub, which was us sourcing things and just sharing good stuff online. So that's, that was kind of like the journey. And so it helped with him in the beginning uh, to leverage his following on social media. To, we would share, post things on our page, share them on his, and they would go viral. And that got a lot of followers. We would also do partnerships with other social media pages. And that really helped. Um, but Facebook has pretty much wiped out any, any like the ways that you can grow a following organically these days. Uh, it, it's very difficult. Um so, but yeah, but that, that's kind of the, not my focus so much anymore. But in, in regards to my relationship with social media, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, like you, um, would watch it and look at it and uh, compare myself to other people. And uh, it was very, it would stop me from wanting to like make stuff. Like I'd be like, well, there's no point in me doing it. Look how amazing they've done. And, or I would make something and it wouldn't go viral. And then I'd be like, what's the point? And then not do it. And, you know, even now, I, I hate, I'm going to, I think I might do some kind of video or post about it, but the only pictures on my Instagram that get engagement are me looking really hot. Like anything <laughs> that is me talking about something meaningful or important or, or kind or whatever, no one cares. It's just as long as I look super hot, that's all that seems to work. And I'm like, what? That's the most pathetic. Like, and so then I, my choices are, all right, I only, I can only, I could just post hot pictures. Or I just don't care about social media. Um, and, and I mm. kind of don't. Um, I have a great social media person, an assistant, who um, who he manages the kind of uplifting content stuff. Like it, he runs everything by me so I know what's going on there. But he's the one that does all the posting. And then that keeps me away from it because I cannot get – first of all, I find it overwhelming. We've got Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn <laughs> for uplifting content and Ioni Butler. There's all these platforms – stories, posts, ugh, oh, I just, I, it, it gives me anxiety just thinking about it. So I can't. Me so, too. Yeah. So handing it over to him has really helped. And also Camille, like you were saying with the, um, with watching the reality TV, like that it, it's social media reality, that kind of stuff, kind of all of that puts me in this weird headspace. And, uh, so I, I do have to disconnect from it. Like, yeah, but, but then there's always this thing of like, yeah, but you know, you, you should have a presence. So now I just, I try to be as hands off as possible. And my new strategy with my personal stuff is I'm using it to just highlight my work and share my work or like nice things that I've done so that it's, it's, it's kind of my portfolio. And then with my posts these days, I'm like, this is a video that I've made about a cause that I really believe in. If you were, if you need an affordable video produced for your blah, 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 you know, message me, or this is an audio book that I've just worked on. If you need a voiceover artist for your thing so that it's, so now I feel like it's not just me. It, it, there's like a purpose to it. You know that I'm an actress and this is what I'm doing. And then I'll sprinkle in personal things here and there because I actually am private. I don't like 
posting my life on social media. Um, and I, and I think I've just accepted that, you know, like TikTok's going crazy. And what's the other one? The, the new one where clubhouse is going crazy. Yes. And I'm like, I just don't think I care. (laughs) I don't think I care to be, you know, I just don't think I care anymore about that. So yeah, making it work for me. Well, I like what you're saying about, um, purpose. I, 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 it's, it's, it's really, I, I relate to so much of what you're talking about. I have a very similar experiences yeah. in terms of uh, depression, in terms mm. of, um, and frankly, extreme sensitivity, extreme yes. sensitivity. That is Just, exactly what it is. Yes. And, and I think many actors have that. Yeah many actors. And it, it actually reminds me of a conversation I had recently with a student. And and he mentioned that sensitivity and saying, I don't, I don't know how to navigate the sensitivity I have in the world. Mm. And it was so interesting for me to hear that as, as his teacher to, to think, wow, you know, part of what I need to be teaching in, in an acting class is not simply the technique of acting, but how you protect your vulnerability, yes. because this is how we 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 walk in the world. But what helps me with with that extreme sensitivity, and I, this is what you just said, so it's it's making me think of it as purpose. Mm. Is if I can share with a purpose, or what I'm doing is connected to a purpose, it acts as a bit of a shield for me mm-hmm. um, with all of all of that noise. And I I do think of social media for me at least. Some people are phenomenal at yeah. it. <laughs> But for me, it, it does help. And I, so I like what you're saying in terms of, you know, I think for those, those, those of, of you listening who are um, sensitive spirits, who I think most of you are, mm-hmm. <laughs> think of that purpose. I think that that's a really wonderful way to think of it. And another word for purpose is intention. So use it intentionally, you know, mm-hmm. like if, if you know that you are affected by spending hours scrolling do not get sucked into the hours of scrolling. Oh goodness, my mom! My mom's <laughs> been trying to get hold of me for like she started randomly calling me yesterday, and then when I didn't get hold of her, she was really upset. I'm like, you can't just demand that I'm available for you right now. Bless her. I'll call her back after this. Um, uh, if you if you're scrolling on social media, like cut that out definitely. But just just and then just make the decision. I will go on to use this uh, to post. You know this these certain things. And then I 100% relate to what you're saying. I think that we when people who experience depression and things like that, we care. We care so much mm-hmm. that there's certain things that upset us because we care. And so uh, as much as, uh, like we're saying, having purpose, I think just a way of protecting that is just to cut out the things that are triggering and upsetting. Like we do not need to be consuming. It's so much like humans were not made to be consuming things on our phones and TVs incessantly. So just Mm -hmm. know that it's okay to not watch those things or turn that off. Um, and, and give you, protect yourself also with certain people. I I think this is really important to, uh, be mindful of the people you're around. Like there's some people that I know where I'll spend time with them and I just feel awful afterwards. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to, to give yourself space from that. If it's having an impact, I, I talk about, um, my mental well-being is the most important thing. And I, I had a friend recently that I had to, uh, from England, who uh, I was just very upset by some of the things that he was saying. And I was like, you know what? I just, 
I don't have the energy to deal with this right now and I need to protect myself because there's so much going on. I can't be dealing with this. And I just had to step back. And so, uh, yeah, protect yourself, uh, especially if you're a sensitive person. And to trust your gut. Sorry, I just want to say one yeah. last thing. I know we have to close it up. <laughs> Jen's, Jen's getting ready to ask the last question, but I just <laughs> want to say um, to trust your gut. Oh, that, yeah. that that sensitivity um, is a real gift in that when you're in the industry, if, if something does feel off or not right or, you know, it as in your life, trust it trust it, that you can trust it. And I I think we forget that a lot as actors, that that beautiful, vulnerable quality that we have also gives us another sense. So trust it. I agree. I agree. Um, We are just about out of of time. We are out of time, actually. I'm going to do something that Camille's going to be shocked by that's very selfish on my part, which is ask you one more question. I mean, a follow-up. I know, I know. I hope both of you will forgive me and our listeners um, because it's a selfish one um, for me. But you mentioned having a friend, because I think a lot of actors will relate to this, that you knew wasn't maybe, you know, great for you and your mental, that you had to distance, like in a, in a, you know, in a few sentences, can you tell us how you did that? I mean, did you actually speak with the friend or did you? Like, yeah. What, so yeah, I think we all have those friends. And- yeah. It was on social, it was on social media. Uh, we, we were talking through social media. Um, I was expressing to him something that I had, I was communicating to him something that I was really upset about. Mm-hmm. And he uh, bombarded me with messages from somebody, a friend of his. So he'd obviously sent my message to somebody else and then had his friend basically tell me how I was wrong and mm-hmm. send a bunch of messages back. And at that point I thought, I've never had somebody that I'm speaking to send my message to somebody else and then have like, I'm like, what are we 12? Like, that's not a thing Mm -hmm. adults do. And so I was driving at the time and um, I was getting like just a bombardment of messages. So I just blocked his messages. And then it was, and then, so this was about two weeks ago. And normally I, I feel like it's important to communicate to somebody why I'm not, I don't like to just ghost people. I like to communicate why, because I think it's important I think it's just important to, and not, I don't have to do it in a douchey way. I just calmly, mm. but it, just thinking about what I wanted to say was causing me so much distress. I was like, I, I just, I don't even want to do that right now. So I'm sure at some point there's been a lot that's been happening over the last three weeks that I've just, it, I've just been insane. So I'm sure at some point when things have settled and I've got some space, I will unblock his messages and send a, a reply. Like that was not cool. This is where I, you know, this is why blah, 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 whatever. Um, but yeah, that's what happened in that instance. But, but normally I would, I would just calmly, uh, kind of explain stuff or normally I would just sort of back away from meeting up with people. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, if I didn't really want to, you know, you make me feel awful. I wouldn't (laughs) normally say that, but I would just sort of not spend (laughs) the time with them that I would typically do. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I think that's, I, I I would love to just remind myself and anybody listening, um, you are what you consume mm-hmm. as, as sort of a closing. That's so great. Um, consume in all ways, friends, yeah. uh, you know, um, social media, content. food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. That's a that's a great saying. Um, we like to we like to wrap up the episode with uh, what we call an LAism, something that um, you have found to be unique about LA. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you, is there anything off the top of your head that? that yeah, you 
Yeah. I mean, it's it, whenever it rains in LA to me, like mm. not, I know that people talk about the driving, people go weird on the roads, but to me, mm. just the novelty of rain in LA, <laughs> uh, because I'm from England where it's just miserable and gray and rainy all the time. Um, right. I think it was Christmas. My boyfriend and I were sat in the living room and then it was like chucking it down outside. And I, I was just looking out the window and giggling. And he's like, are you laughing? Are you laughing at the rain? I'm like, but it's so silly. Like it's, it's so silly. <laughs> so for me, it's just this like, uh, but the great thing about when it does rain is that I know it's going to stop you know whereas in England it just rains forever and then you're just miserable but in LA I'm like ah it's raining it's going to stop it yeah you know, tomorrow's going to be great so it's fine so yeah that's my that's a perfect LAism the novelty of the rain it's perfect yeah. um, Ioni thank, thank you. you so much this thank has you. been really really wonderful talking to you today I agree yeah. you too thank, thank you, you. Thanks so much for listening to Speak LA, the podcast. We want to be able to bring you more episodes like this one, but we can only do that with your support. So please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to Speak LA, the podcast. For more information on Speak LA, go to ispeakla.com. This episode of Speak LA, the podcast was sponsored by Actors Connection. Actors Connection offers free resources, including valuable online programs. For more information, go to actorsconnection.com and sign up for their e-blast today. Our sound engineer is the very talented Dan Leonard of homevoiceoverstudio.com. My name is Jen Jostin. And I'm Camille Thornton-Alson, and we are the founders of Speak LA. You can find us at ispeakla.com. See you next time. Bye-bye.